welcome to the 82nd episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How are you doing, Roger? I'm great. So, Roger, we're gearing up for Q1 earnings here in the next month, and one of the things that we're both listening for is progress on fixed wireless access. You know, the wireless guys are really going up against cable in a meaningful way. And at least in Q4, over 50% of net ads and broadband came from fixed wireless access. I'm curious, what, what are your thoughts on kind of where fixed wireless is today? And, you know, what should we see expect to see in the next year or so? I think it's actually fixed wireless not going up against cable, but going up against DSL. Are they fighting cable? Yes, no doubt about it. It's about fighting cable over the carcass of DSL. And who's going to eat into DSL more than than anybody else? Because both FWA and cable are superior to DSL, hands down, right? Mm -hmm. And so what is winning? And, you know, we saw it within six months. FWA went from zero net ads in the, for the industry to over half of net ads in the industry. And that's a remarkable achievement, right? And this happened before Verizon got C-band, so, which makes the whole thing even more competitive. So T-Mobile has been executing really well in this part. Verizon has been, I expect Verizon to have executed very well in first quarter, unlike... Well, I mean, I think I think Verizon's starting gun was a little bit later than T-Mobile's, right? In the sense, as you mentioned, yeah. C-band is really what's fueling their FWA offering, whereas you know, T-Mobile has had 2.5 gigahertz spectrum for much longer than Verizon had C-band available. So if you look at you know the fourth quarter net ads... For FWA, T-Mobile came in at 224 and Verizon came in with 78, with C-Band just, just being available that, not even in that quarter, right? So No, I think they, they, they showed numbers where they set themselves up to look stellar this year, right? Mm-hmm. They can look, point back and say, like, look how crappy we were in fourth quarter 21 and compare it how awesome we are fourth quarter 22. Right, I think that's what they're setting themselves up to. Otherwise, release these numbers. The economics of FWA are really interesting too, right? Because you're essentially just riding off of the mobile network in terms of all of your capex spend and everything else. And so, presumably, you know, assuming that you manage your capacity correctly, it's all gravy, right? And we see, particularly from Verizon, you know, they're willing to go down to twenty-five dollars a month for you know service that's going to get you well over 100 megabits, right? Even up to 300, right? And then T-Mobile's still offering their FWA service for 50. But one thing I would be interested to see based on, you know, what happens in, with the Q1 numbers is, you know, whether T-Mobile decides to offer a discount for mobile subscribers like Verizon is. Because that's a pretty big difference between $50 and $25 for, you know, what is, you know, well, good enough service for most folks in terms of, you know, what you what you need to, to be able to stream and, and, you know, use an internet connection like I think most consumers would use, right? So it should be interesting. So, and at the same time, I think, you know, fixed wireless has a pretty clear run rate for the next two, three, maybe four years. 
Because the other thing that's coming is stimulus funding from the federal government, $60 billion to build fiber in these places. And anything that doesn't have 100 megabit per second is getting getting stimulus funding on a wired side, right? So all the places that have DSL right now are eligible for gobs max amount of money. Right. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I mean, obviously, the, the build-out for fiber, you have to dig trenches or string up the fiber on poles, right? So it's a little bit more of a complicated deployment than riding on the mobile network. But you also get you know much faster speeds, right? And you get symmetrical speeds, which is, I think, one of the things that is often forgotten about fiber in the sense that as we use more data for things like podcasting or, or Zooms or things like that, the up speed on your connection becomes more important. Yeah, and XGPone is 2 and 5, and with another hardware upgrade, it's 10. You know, we're hearing that in the, in the labs, they're running 20 gigs. This is stuff where wireless is probably going to struggle with. Mm-hmm. The question is, what are you going to do with all of that bandwidth? Which, Yeah, well, I mean, I think that the network adapter on most computers, if you're using a wired network adapter, is, a, is one gigabit, right? So, so when you start getting up to two and five, I know I, I recently rebuilt my, my desktop at home and I have a two and a half gigabit network adapter, but that's still relatively rare. So, I mean, I think from a speed perspective, some of those extreme speeds, like your, your 20 gigabits and so forth, uh, it's more about future proofing, right? What is what does connectivity look like, you know, ten years down the line, as opposed to what does it look like today? I mean, obviously, you could you could have ten one gigabit NICs on a ten gigabyte a gigabit connection and, and saturate that connection, but it still would be pretty pretty difficult to to run out of capacity there, right? And and it will allow developers to actually. Uh, build things in their home, having 10 gigs available and see what they can do with it, right? Right. It's like one thing that our technological development has, has proven is every time we had discussions like we had here, oh my God, this is too fast. And every time developer, innovators and inventors have found ways to fill up that pipe. Right. In faster time, than than we could have come up with. Because if we would have ideas of it, we wouldn't do a podcast. Yep. We would be in a garage doing that. We're doing other things in the garage than than doing that, but we know our limitations. But yeah, it's it's a multitude of devices, right? It's a multitude of really cool devices with really high bandwidth, like 4K video. Imagine you can do 4K video on all the surveillance camera you want to have around your home so that, you know, you can see actually who is or who isn't burglaring you. Right. So that, so then I can pay for hundreds of terabytes worth of cloud storage, right, to to show videos of my empty front porch. Right? Well, but that device is going down too, right? Everything is coming down. You know, I, I remember when, when I first got Google... Gmail, and they said, like, you can have, what, 100 or whatever it is. And I thought, like, how am I ever going to fill this up? And now it's it's bugging me on, on an ongoing basis. Oh, you're almost expiring. You, you almost have enough data. Why didn't you pay us? 
And at the same time, you know, I my first computer was an Apple II with a floppy disk with 140 kilobytes of memory space. And I thought to myself, how am I ever going to do enough that I could fill up 140 kilobytes, right? Yep. Not megabytes, kilobytes. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll find f- figure out ways to, to fill all this stuff up. I, I am curious, since the timelines here for FWA and fiber are very different, you know, when you think about FWA, I think we expect that to ramp pretty significantly this year based on, on you know, the amount that the wireless carriers have talked about it and progress so far. Fiber, as you mentioned, is probably a little bit further away, at least in terms of stimulus funding. Is this a tortoise in the hare type of situation or are these legitimately different applications that, you know, there's room for everybody to be successful? Well, I don't think fiber will go everywhere, right? And by the way, we also have, you know, at least two cable companies with DOCSIS 4.0. At some point, right? I mean, that's not ready yet, but it will be soon, right? It might be faster than than a lot of people think. Let's leave it at that, right? So there are viable technologies, and there are places where we shouldn't pay, we shouldn't even spend government money and taxpayer money on connecting where it makes sense to connect wirelessly. And maybe, and where it doesn't make sense even to do Starlink, right? Because Starlink needs a pretty clear horizon. And imagine if you have a, if you have a, a cabin in a forest. There are ways around that. I, I remember when I first got DirecTV cutting a hole in the canopy of a tree so I could get a view of the southern sky. So there are, there are workarounds for some of this stuff. But... Yeah, but there is one satellite at one point in the sky. The Starlink satellites is constellations that go all over the sky. But then Elon Musk surprises us all the time, both positively and negatively. So who knows what he does here. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's all we have time for this week. Thanks, Roger. Thank you.